I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, right freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Rapid Fire, everybody. This is Toby, your host, and this is sponsored by Vortex Optics. Make sure you tune in every week at capegunworks.com and you can click on the Rapid Fire icon and join the conversation. We want your voice to be heard, so go ahead and type your questions into the chat box and we will air it um, live and when whenever we go on the radio. So remember to like us and subscribe on all of our social media platforms. Our handle is at Cape Gunworks. Uh, if you do the YouTubes and the Facebooks and the Instagrams and the Twitters, et cetera, et cetera, um, Getter shut us down again. I don't know what's going on with Getter, but we'll try to get back on Getter. I don't know why they keep throwing us off. But anyway, um, if you like, subscribe, and comment, you can overcome the evil algorithms of big tech <laughs> and keep us going. That's what we need from you. And uh, we will continue to bring you good content on all things related to guns. So we hope to have you join us and comment and like and subscribe and all that good stuff. Along those lines, um, I think we're still the only radio show in the New England area that talks all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense on a weekly basis. Obviously, there's lots of podcasts out there. There's some great YouTube channels. There's some, uh, there is a nationally recognized radio show. And so support those guys as well. They're doing a lot of good uh, for our society and uh, to spread and educate people on the uh, best way to become a gun owner and the best way to be a responsible gun owner. So it's interesting how the gun ban groups out there are starting to co-opt our terms like gun safety etc cetera, etc cetera, and are trying to reverse it and dictate what the narrative is on those subjects so we're really making a push here to to push for responsible gun ownership that is really what we're all about is responsible gun ownership uh they're um with rights come responsibilities so you know that's pretty obvious and if we're not willing to have the important conversations with those who disagree with us then we're going to lose the argument every time because we're not even at the table so the best way to do that is to have a clear articulable uh, argument that isn't just based on uh, statistics it isn't just based on uh, winning the argument, it isn't just based on um, screaming and pounding on the desk, not one inch, even though I believe that. But it's also to hear the other side and what is it that is important to them. 
if they want to make their communities safer and they think the only way to do that is to reduce gun, or, uh, gun ownership or to reduce the amount of guns available to responsible gun owners, it's our job to point out the obvious that criminals are the ones that are committing crime. A good poll just came out from Rasmussen, which shows that 63% of all adults in America believe that existing laws should be enforced. When people are proposing gun control, it's not because they're ignorant of the fact that, um, not that they're just that they're ignorant of the fact that there's already a ton of gun control laws on the books that would have prevented that if creating a new law could prevent crime, which it can't because they're criminals and they don't follow the law by definition. That's why they are criminals and they break the law. If people would start to realize that 94% of all violent crime is committed by repeat offenders, if we can start to educate people that guns are an inanimate object and can do not do evil or good all by themselves, but they need to be held and used in a way uh, by somebody who has malicious or evil intent or that is trying to defend themselves or protect somebody. You know, once you start to have these conversations with people that don't believe like you, you can start to win them over. And that's why I say the Second Amendment is our Trojan horse, because there's been a huge influx of new gun owners in this country in the last two years. I think it was 5.7 million new gun owners or 5.4 million new gun owners last year and another 6 to 10 million gun owners, new gun owners the year before that. That translates to 15 to 16 million potential new gun owners in this country over the last two years. And that alone is enough to change the landscape politically in our country um, just by that voter block. Now, when people who all of a sudden come to realize that how important the Second Amendment is just to make it so that they can level the playing field against violent uh, criminal intent, but more so that the original intent of the Second Amendment wasn't just to keep you safe and put meat on the table, although that was part of it. It was to keep you safe from the possibility of a tyrannical government. If you think about it, uh, the British were going to take the guns from the colonists on that day that'll live in infamy of the day of the shot heard around the world and which started the American Revolution in Concord and Lexington. So they were headed to take the guns away from the colonists and they drew the line in the sand and said no not happening. And what guns were they going to take? They were taking the guns that the military had. At the time, the musket was the assault weapon, the military-style assault weapon, the, the long rifle, the Kentucky long rifle. The, that's what the, uh, they put on the meat on their tables with and shot British generals off their horses from 500 yards away while standing in the middle of a field in a deerskin suit. That's what they did. And 
it kicked off the American Revolution, which I dare say was a part of what the whole worldwide revolution of the French Revolution and uh, whatnot, which, you know, the in, inherent in the heart of man is a desire and a yearning for freedom. And so once those people uh, recognized that the only way to fight against tyranny was to, you know, rise up and fight for their homeland, fight for their homes, fight for their families. And when they did that, it created the greatest country in the world. Uh, so it was, you know, just amazing uh, to see what happened. And politicians these days seem to forget that. They think that everybody wants to see, uh, you know, guns taken away from responsibly armed people. And nothing could be further from the truth. Only a small minority of a very small minority of people want that in America. Don't forget to check out Date Night every Friday and Ladies Night Thursdays or try a range experience package. No gun licenses required. We got Eric Pratt from Gun Owners of America coming up next. You don't want to miss this segment. He'll be on with us for two segments. So stand by. We'll be right back. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC-3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC-3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low-light shooting, and because the reticle is glass-etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target up to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC-3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC-3. Hey, Toby Leary here from Cape Gunworks, excited about the change in season. One thing that hasn't changed is the commitment to our customers. Come in, meet our friendly staff, take a class, and get your gun license. We have a 15-lane indoor range, a huge pro shop with tons of guns, ammo, archery, and accessories. Shop at capegunworks.com or tune in to Rapid Fire, our talk show about all things guns, the Second Amendment, and self-defense. Go to capegunworks.com and give us a shot. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. This is Toby Leary, your host, your only radio show around that talks all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And I am very happy to have on the line with us right now is Eric Pratt, who is the Senior Vice President from Gun Owners of America. Eric, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. 
Toby, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be with you. Yeah, no, we're really happy to have you here. And uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about Gun Owners of America and what you do on a day-to-day? Sure. Well, we uh, represent more than 2 million grassroots gun owners. And uh, what we specialize in doing is activating our members and activists so that they will put heat on the Congress, put heat on the state legislatures. Let me tell you, that has done wonders in preventing bad legislation from being passed. I mean, even the the New York Times has credited us uh, for killing gun control like Obama's gun control in 2013. Uh, But whenever, uh, of course, bills do sneak through and and they still uh, get passed, then we're also involved in the courts. Uh, But I tell you what, uh, there would be a lot more court activity if it wasn't for groups like Gun Owners of America that were stopping most of the things from ever getting passed into law. So uh, that's what we're doing, Toby. Amazing. And that that sounds like a symphony orchestra to my ears. <laughs> you know, it's. <laughs> I think that's so important. Uh, like you said, I, I even appreciate the legislative alerts I get from Gun Owners of America. They're, hey, this is coming up. Make sure you contact here. And you make it so easy for people to, you know, reach out and... Uh, One of the things I'd like to ask you about that is if you're encouraging people to get activated and and reach out to their legislators and, uh, you know, they they get that memo on their email once they sign up on your website. um, Do you encourage people or do you feel it's important to have them kind of edit that form letter a little bit? Or do you I mean, I've always said it's better to send something than nothing. But do you think that they actually read these things or are they at the end of the day taking a tally on the pluses and minuses? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, they, they do, I don't know how detailed they read them, but they do tally them. And that's really the key mm. is uh, I, even just yesterday, our New Hampshire uh, representative was testifying on uh, some gun legislation there in New Hampshire. And a lot of uh, legislators came up to him afterwards and said, we are really impressed with how your activists are generating so much mail and phone calls. I mean, obviously, phone calls is even better, right. but even even uh, just you know messages and and you know you talked about editing them. Yes, I, we would encourage people. Yeah, go ahead and edit it, add your own little touch. But just the fact that they're seeing a warm body send something to them means this is a voter in our district, so we need to pay attention to it. And that's where we've seen wonders. And especially in keeping Republicans from crossing over and joining Democrats to become all woke and supporting gun control, that's been the the, the best victories that we've had. And, for example, why we were able to kill Obama's entire gun control agenda in the Congress. Right. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, uh, you know, it's something that we're facing right now here in Massachusetts, even with uh, the governor's race. We have Jeff Deal who's going to be running for governor, and he voted for the bump stock ban in our state before it even made it to the federal stage. Um, And so there's some people out there that are really upset about that, and rightfully so. We believe in not one inch, you know, don't give up an inch. And, uh, you know, the the alternative to him, though, is like the Maura Healy of the world who we've been dealing with in the attorney general's office for so long. And I'm hoping maybe someone will come to the forefront and uh but i really like that you guys are exposing the people who who shouldn't be voting for this gun control legislation there's zero reason to compromise 
uh, and, you know, putting it out there that, hey, obviously this guy who raised his right hand and swore an oath to uphold the Constitution must have been lying because he voted for it. So I think that's a good good service that you offer. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned Massachusetts, and we're involved in, in Mass, but I, I tell you, a lot of times, the you know, where the biggest impact will be because you've got, you know, as you just laid out, you've got two bad choices mm. uh, for governor. So sometimes uh, our best role comes in where we will go fight it in court. For example, we were involved with an amicus brief in that very important case out of Rhode Island, you know, another very difficult state yeah. for gun rights. Uh, but uh, where police were going in and grabbing guns without a warrant. Well, that made it all the way up to the Supreme Court. And I'll tell you, a lot of Supreme Court watchers in watching the debate on that thought for sure, myself included, uh, that the court may be going against us on this. But I tell you what, it's so important having good arguments before the court. And we were stunned, really, when the verdict came down, it was nine to zero, nine to zero. against the, the police saying you cannot do this. You cannot use this caretaking exception to, you know, override the Fourth Amendment and just go in and grab people's guns. Yeah. Which that, obviously right. also <laughs> violates the Second Amendment. Right. Yeah, that was that was an unbelievable result. Like I, to get nine justices to unite on anything is pretty remarkable. And um that was one of them. And I think that was a good ruling. And I, you know, appreciate the fact that you guys do get involved. Certainly, we've had our issues here in Massachusetts. Um, we had were shut down by our governor and our attorney general during the whole COVID pandemic. We had to sue them in court and whatnot. And a lot of good groups came together uh, to support us in that and get us back open and operational. But um, it seems like, you, you know, you bring up the Supreme Court and we have Justice Breyer, who it looks like is going to retire imminently pre uh, pretty soon or whatnot. But um, that creates another opening. What could what can people do in this regard? What is that's certainly going to be a call to action, right? Absolutely. And let me just say about uh, real quickly about Massachusetts. I'm glad you brought up the, the, the opening the gun stores uh, under COVID because that was actually something gun owners of america was involved in as well that there were many groups as mm -hmm. you pointed out and so we were part of that uh panoply of groups that was suing there so you know it just underscores again how important the courts are obviously and so yeah now with this new opening uh and let's be clear briar hasn't officially announced this this was a leak but it, it does appear that uh it's going to happen uh, there is a, and you know what, we have a, an alert at the top of our website right now where people can go there to take action. But uh, there is a possibility that we can win this. You know, mm. when the president nominated David Shipman to uh, head the ATF, this guy was terrible. He was mm. an anti-gun lobbyist. He would have been horrible uh, heading uh, the, the ATF. Well, we generated so much heat on senators, uh, they could not find enough senators to, to get a majority. And so the president had to uh, shamefully withdraw uh, th that nomination. Here's what I'm getting at. It, it is possible that we can do the same thing with the next Supreme Court justice. Uh, in fact, it's even possible that we could, you know, uh, for a lot of these nominations, uh, judicial nominations, 
there's no longer uh, a, uh, a filibuster hurdle. Mm. Uh, however, there is a filibuster hurdle if, and I'm going to get a little bit wonky here, uh, but if uh, the Judiciary Committee does not report the nomination to the floor, then it is subject to the filibuster. And so here's the thing. With the Senate split at 50-50, all the committees are 50-50. So that means if all the Republicans hang together, they will not report uh, that nomination to the floor. Now, a senator could still bring it to the floor, but without the committee having reported it, and I hope I'm not losing anybody on this, because it's being brought by a senator and it wasn't reported by the committee, it is now subject to a filibuster. We could be facing a 60-vote threshold. Uh, this is very exciting stuff. And what this means is whoever is listening right now, it is really, really, really important uh, to go to our website at gunowners.org, uh, click on that link dealing with the, the Briar uh, alert and, and his future retirement and, and a new justice uh, coming and to take action because we need to demand from our senators don't you dare think about voting for someone who does not support the second amendment amen to that i mean boy that gives me some hope because i just figured it was going to be out with the old and with the new and you know more of the same but you might be you know i never even thought of it in that angle uh from that angle so that would be amazing if we could get that a 60 vote threshold on confirmation of a justice. I mean, that would be amazing. Now, I will say that one of the major disappointments in, you know, Republican leadership I have seen is their willingness to compromise is greater than, I would say, the Democrats' willingness to compromise. The Democrats very much stand together, except for the cinemas and the mansions of the world who recently. Uh, kind of stepped outside of the box. Um, but um, maybe we can talk about that on the other side. I got to go to a break here, and I'd love to get your comments and your thoughts on that. If you, if you, Can you hold on one more segment for us? Absolutely. All right, yes. great. So we will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Moore. Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. 
May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, uh, your weekly show about all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. We're having a fascinating conversation with Eric Pratt, the Senior Vice President of Gun Owners of America, a group that's doing some great work in our country and in individual states throughout the uh, country and fighting the tyrannical restrictions on our Second Amendment. Before the break, Eric, I was throwing out there how in some ways, I'm, I'm very disappointed in Republican leadership and their willingness to compromise uh, with groups that they shouldn't be compromising with as far as I'm concerned. And this is all in the, especially in the context of the Second Amendment. Um, but what, what are your thoughts on that? Does that? Do you see that same thing or do you think the tide has turned a little bit? Well, let me just start off by saying we echo your frustration. Oh, uh, you know, mm. Republicans can drive us crazy mm-hmm. uh, because of their tendency to compromise. Just last year, uh, you know, Senator John Cornyn from the root and tootin state of Texas, he was we found out he was in negotiations uh, with uh, one of the Connecticut senators. Uh, and I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. I, I, I can picture him. Uh, not that that's going to help you on radio. Dodd. Uh, was it Dodd? But anyway, one of them. <laughs> So we uh, put out quickly put out an alert, uh, and especially in Texas, saying contact Cornyn, tell him to cut it out. And within 24 hours, he had discontinued negotiations um, with, uh, with with uh, the senator. And uh, see, this is this is really the the strength of using the grassroots. I mean, we could have gone in. To his office and said stop it and he would have been like you know yeah whatever mm-hmm. but when he's hearing from thousands of people in his state when he's hearing from big contributors who are saying cut it out or, or you're not going to get any more contributions see this is how we can make a difference this is how we beat uh defeated the chipman mm-hmm. uh nomination for atf which we were talking about before the break this is how we've been able to so far Salvage the filibuster, which right now Democrats are trying to uh, basically get rid of the filibuster, which is that uh, forcing a 60 vote threshold. And we've been able to help lock in not only all the Republicans, but as you mentioned, even Manchin and Cinema. We've uh, Cinema of Arizona, Joe Manchin of uh, West Virginia. We have generated thousands upon thousands of calls into those two offices. 
uh, from from their own state, people from their own state saying, do not uh, get rid of the filibuster. Yeah, I mean, so, they, they know in those two states where their bread is buttered. I mean, yes. So, yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Hopefully. So, yeah, so uh, we share your frustration. Uh, and, you know, in the past, Republicans have been oh so eager to vote for justices that, uh, you know, very, you know, anti gun leftist judges that uh, Democrat presidents put forward. But this is going to be the challenge now. And this is why we're doing these alerts, because we can rein those uh, strain Republicans back in and say, you know, this is what the standard needs to be. So I am hopeful. Uh, I I will say it it, it is an uphill battle. I mean, people need to realize that. Uh, But we've won many battles, which we started by saying, this is an uphill battle, but it's potentially doable, like the, the recent Chipman victory. Right. Yeah. And, you know, so basically the the main thrust of what you do, and I think it's great, it's grassroots, it's activating people who may or may not have ever called their congressmen or their legislators or whatnot. And that's something we promote a lot on this show. We're like saying, hey, you got to get, you know, you, you like the Second Amendment. We have it looks like 5.4 million new gun owners as of 2021 based on some of the you know statistics that have come out so people who are now interested in owning guns for the first time ever uh that's a whole new crop of people that we can get activated and get involved in second amendment causes and that's something you guys do i you, you have a new book coming out that really helps people you know kind of focus on that correct absolutely yeah we just launched this uh new book uh, last week at the shot show in fact it's called firing back how to counter anti-gun propaganda and become a better second amendment activist and really the book is all about giving gun rights activists the tools to defend our second amendment rights i mean for starters the book spends a good bit of time shooting down the most frequent anti-gun myths, things like, you know, the false idea that the U.S. has too many guns or that the U.S. has uh, one of the highest murder rates in the world. Mm. And so, you know, all these are false claims, of course, but just as important as the educational part, the book shows gun rights activists how they can make a difference, how people can multiply their voices in the political arena and how they can win people over to the pro-gun side. So I think this book has a a timely message for today. And, you know, I I was talking about the website earlier at gunowners.org. People can sign up for our free email alerts there. They can also go to the bookstore and uh, get this uh, book as well, Firing Back. Yeah, it's a great it's a great way to, uh, you know, get people activated. I'm, I'm certainly going to pick up a copy myself and read it. Um, the one of the best ways to get people really activated or at least interested or won over, in our opinion, is taking new people shooting for the first time. Yeah, you can have the intellectual argument and that's important. You can sit there and try to you know, point by point, have the discussion and win them over. And that's very important and have the ammo on your side and know what the heck you're talking about because people do just spout statistics all the time as you know throughout my career in construction just being on job sites or whatever you'd hear people just kind of regurgitate the talking points from you know gun control advocates and it, it was very frustrating but I found there was also a profound effect 
of taking somebody shooting and letting them shoot a gun for the first time and watching that smile on their face and say, I never thought it would be so fun. I never thought, you know, it would be, uh, you know, as interesting as it is. And then watching them kind of get it, you know, from a fundamental, like, paradigm shift more than just pound on the pound on the counter and say nobody needs an AR-15. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, Toby, I'm so glad you mentioned this. Uh, this is kind of a spoiler alert, but what you just said is exactly what I talk about in the last chapter of the book. And I give a real life example where myself and one of my daughters took one of her friends to the range. And I mean, she was clearly on the other side. In fact, at one point, it's kind of a dramatic story, uh, just being there at the range and hearing all the, the guns around her, she, she actually ran out of the range mm. in tears. Yeah. She had like a PTSD moment mm. thinking about the mass shootings on TV. Even though she's never personally been affected, it's amazing what the media has done to people, in, including people like her. But anyway, what you just said, that you know, she kind of sucked it up at, at, at one point, came back in, dried off the tears was able to shoot and just the smiles. I mean, she was getting pictures taken with uh, the gun there at the end and she loved it and, and she has left the anti-gun camp. Right. And so that this is one of the most powerful uh, ways to win people over. And I lay this out in, in the book and, and other methods as well. But yeah, I think that's really crucial. To yeah. And, you know, one of those situations that came up, it wasn't like I made a convert, but it was at a cocktail you know, Christmas party or whatever. And I was just chit chatting with someone and it turns out, um, we had some special, you know, common interests and obviously a common friend that invited us both, both to the party. And it was funny. He's, he comes from academia and he is a, uh, self-professing liberal, you know, he was making no bones about it. And the funny thing is he kind of got a little quiet and leans over and goes, but man, do I love my AR-15. <laughs> and, and he says, I just don't want anyone else to have one. It scares the heck out of me. And I'm like, well, you know, we, we eventually warmed up to the fact that, you know, you don't get exclusivity on your AR-15. But <laughs> it was still a very interesting conversation. And I appreciated his intellectual honesty and saying, you know, I'm never going to vote for, a, you know, Trump or whatever or or some, you know, right winger. But I like guns and I, I own guns. And I think the tent could be hugely expanded of the Second Amendment community if we were welcoming to people that don't all, you know, vote the exact same way as us. And, you know, Toby, uh, you're absolutely right. And we have people on our staff who right now, as we're talking they are conservative constitutionalists, but they started off as leftist liberals. Mm -hmm. And the gateway to making that change was the Second Amendment issue, mm. seeing the need of not wanting to be a victim, purchasing a firearm, and then slowly uh, other views started changing. But, you know, if you want to call it the gateway drug, oh, yeah. it was the Second Amendment. And and this is one of the things that, that really I, I delve into in the book. And I challenge people. I even, you know, I challenge people on the right. You know, hey, just having your man cave full of those AR-15s and AK-47s, that doesn't make you a gun rights activist. That just means you like guns for right. yourself. And, and that's good. Yeah. Okay. 
But a gun rights activist needs to, I mean, the, the war has been declared against us. Mm-hmm. They are after our rights. And so the question is, what are we doing to preserve those rights, not just for ourselves, but for the next generation? And that's what a gun rights activist is, and that's what I'm calling people to be. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more, and I, I've actually talked about it on my radio show, and I actually gave a speech at a, um, at a just a patriotic event and called the Second Amendment the Trojan horse. <laughs> so <laughs> That's probably better than gateway drug. I like that. <laughs> it's the Trojan horse to get people in, and once they realize, man, the Second Amendment is the gateway to all other rights. You know, I know that can get really stretched to the extreme in hyperbole, but frankly, it really is the most basic human right is the ability to defend yourself. And... That's what 85% of all gun owners say they own guns for. Um, I think they're being a little disingenuous or else they'd get more training and, you know, maybe take it a little serious, more seriously. However, um, it, it really is the most basic human fundamental right is to be able to protect yourself against the, you know, the evil that exists. And Exactly. You know. It, it, exactly. And, and really we're facing two worldviews. One is, Uh, one of independence and self-reliance, and the other one is based on the government takes care of us. And as you just said, if if people make that transition to now thinking, you know what, the government can't take care of me and I need to do that, then you can see why even logically the dominoes start falling. Well, what other issues are there that maybe government shouldn't be doing and I should be doing instead. And, and that's why you really see people, uh, where, you know, where they first become pro-gun and then they make this, you know, it may be a radical uh, jerk to the right or a slow uh, move to the right. But, you know, you mentioned five million new gun owners from last year. There were uh, nearly eight million the year before. That's 13 million yeah. in two years. Uh, one newspaper uh, or The Economist was lamenting all these new gun buyers is going to make it very difficult for gun control to pass. I say hallelujah. Amen to that. Eric, it has been a fascinating conversation. I hope we can do it again sometime. I can't wait to get your book. And uh, how can people find you online and get involved? Well, they can uh, find me uh, personally on Twitter. Uh, but also, uh, probably the easiest way is just go to our website at gunowners.org. And uh, again, sign up for our free email alerts. We want to engage you and keep you in the battle to preserve our rights, not just for yourselves, but for your children and children's children. Amen to that. And send them some money, too, to keep going and fighting the good fight. But thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. And we'll do it again sometime. Don't forget to check out Date Night every Friday night and Ladies Night on Thursdays or try the Range Experience Package at Cape Gunworks. No gun license required. More after this. This is Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Lou. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 
to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Hey, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. These days you need to be able to protect your family and yourself. At Cape Gunworks, we have self-defense training and frequent firearm certification classes. Cape Gunworks has a modern indoor range and a huge pro shop so you can get properly equipped. Get your gun license and the training you need to keep you and your loved ones safe. Go to capegunworks.com to sign up for classes, shop online, or tune into Rapid Fire. Cape Gunworks, there has never been a better time to give us a shot. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. Join us every week for the only show that's all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense on the radio. Anyway, there's lots of good podcasts. Check them out as well. But we're happy you're here with us on Rapid Fire. And uh, we appreciate Eric Pratt taking the time out of his very busy schedule to be with us. And uh, we got a couple of really good segments in with him. And, uh, you know, you go to their website and just they are all over the place when it comes to uh really trying to defend the Second Amendment and, uh, you know, be proactive. Uh, Eric Pratt, I think the day we recorded that segment was on with uh, Laura Ingram that night on Fox News and, you know, just constantly on the cutting edge of what's going on in gun world. Um, So we're really uh, exciting about that, excited about that. Um, They're doing excellent, uh, excellent work. Uh, but the one big takeaway for me on that one was uh, the Supreme Court Breyer's uh, call to action where, you know, if they can preserve that filibuster for a Supreme Court justice and the uh, the gun, uh, anti-gun lobby, if you will, or let's put it this way, the, the pro-Second Amendment uh, senators refuse to bend and bow and cave on that we should we could actually punt on confirming a anti-gun justice so that gave me some hope um but anyway uh we're gonna get to your questions in this segment because i know you've been waiting a while and we've had them rolling in so uh i'm gonna go back and start reading some of your questions here um mud Flap says, is it legal to build an AR pistol? Oh, if it's legal to build an AR pistol from a virgin pre-band lower because it was never registered as a rifle, can I build an AR pistol out of an 80% lower? And the answer to that would be no in Massachusetts. It would be in free America, but behind the lines in the People's Republic, you cannot because you'd be violating the Maura Healy Edict. So it all depends on if you want to be the test case or not as to whether that would work. But forget about the Maura Healy edict for a minute. You you couldn't do it anyway because it would have had to have been a pre-ban in order to be able to be a AR pistol. Because any modern AR pistol violates the assault weapons ban. So hopefully that clears that up for you. And uh, let's see. Um, uh 
PS was saying that he has built SP5Ls, which we talked about on the Grace Curly Show, you know, the breaks of the Grace Curly Show um, with some of the listeners. Uh, so the HKSP5 is a hot new gun that's come out in the last couple of years. And it's basically their SP89. And uh, that used to be around all over, you know, every gun show back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. And I remember going to gun shows thinking, what? This guy wants $1,900 for this HKSP89. He's crazy. I can get those at Shotgun News for 1800 bucks. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I was 18 years old at the time or whatever, thinking, you know, these guys are crazy. And those guns are worth about $10,000 now in Massachusetts. So I wish I bought a few if I had been smarter with my gun purchases back then. But I digress. HK has released the SP5 and they came out with one called the SP5L, which is a pistol with a 16-inch barrel. We all know what it's really intended for, and that is to get in the country without having to do the 922R compliance uh, work to it and then sell it as a pistol. And if it's a pistol, it can be converted to a rifle. So what we do is we buy them as a pistol, we do all the 922R compliance work, we engrave them, and then we sell them as like an HK94. Problem solved. So uh, PS had been pontificating about this, What parts he used in the 922R build, etc, etc. So yes, we have one available and it will be coming soon. So if you're hearing this and you don't have your gun license, we have regularly scheduled LTC classes, including ladies only classes and recently added couples class on the 12th. So you want to make sure you sign up today. Go to capegunworks.com. More after this, we'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. Federal delivers a knockout punch with the leading defensive ammo on the market. Federal punch hollow points are accurate and reliable in all defensive situations. When you need reliability designed to provide a balanced mix of effective penetration and expansion, you need punch defensive ammunition from Federal, the leader in nickel-plated brass ammo with a sealed primer to deliver reliable feeding and ignition. Get Federal punch defensive hollow point ammunition here at Cape Gunworks. Snap safe. Featuring a pry-resistant 3 inch solid steel door, 2300 degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. 
A 1 MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16 MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low light shooting, and because the reticle is glass etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets out to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target out to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC3. Hey, Toby Leary here from Cape Gunworks, excited about the change in season. One thing that hasn't changed is the commitment to our customers. Come in, meet our friendly staff, take a class, and get your gun license. We have a 15-lane indoor range, a huge pro shop with tons of guns, ammo, archery, and accessories. Shop at capegunworks.com or tune in to Rapid Fire, our talk show about all things guns, the Second Amendment, and self-defense. Go to capegunworks.com and give us a shot. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and we'd love to see you on the air here every week with us. Or if you can't find us on a radio station, you can always download the podcast. Go to capegunworks.com, click on Rapid Fire. We got this cool icon with some headphones and a microphone that you can't miss. And uh, click on that, get signed up, and listen to some past episodes. Uh, we'd love to have you. So, and like and subscribe and share and comment on all of our social media platforms. Our handle is at Cape Gunworks. Um, getting right back to your questions. Uh, we were talking earlier with Grace Curley on the Grace Curley show. And she played the cut about where Joe Biden for the second time said that no right is absolute. And the, you know, right after they talked about the Second Amendment, you couldn't go out and buy yourself a cannon which nothing could be further from that truth. I don't know where he is pulling that information from because I would love to see it. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, we, we were talking about that. And so one of the commenters uh, on the chat said he would love to go buy a cannon. And uh, the funny thing is they're not very efficient, but they're pretty cool. And uh, the Lyrid says it's one of the best things he ever got to shoot. Nothing like being able to see the air break. And I'll have to take your word on that, but I have a little signal cannon that, or a golf ball cannon that we were having fun with on July 4th at a friend's house who lives on a pond, and we were launching the golf balls over the pond, and uh, it, they were going about 300 yards, and it was a uh, really cool, uh, fun way to spend July 4th, and um, we had a great time. So, uh, let's see. Um, P.S. was talking about that SP5L, and uh, he said that he did the foregrip, the stock, the charging handle, the hammer, the trigger, and the sear. And I kind of do it a little bit pretty much the same way, but I just buy the complete trigger pack lower 
from like a Zenith or a POF or, um, you know, one of those companies. And uh, it's all self-contained and that drops in and that's good for five parts. And then the sixth part, I just get the fixed stock and put it on. Then we pin and weld the muzzle brake and good to go. So there you have it. Um, let's see. Chris wants to know when the Cape and Gunworks is coming. Uh, <laughs> and the commute would be a little rough. And that's funny you say that because on the Grace Curley show, someone was saying we need to have a show on the Route 128, you know, 95 intersection somewhere along that flyway there. And uh, and what's that? Yeah, we should have it. They wanted us to have a store there. And uh, that would be pretty cool to cast our net and, uh, you know, expand. I would love to do that someday. It is on the future business plan. But at the moment, we're happy to be taking care of all of our out-of-towners online or in person if they make the trip. The, the pilgrimage to Mecca, which is in Hyannis on 96 Airport Road, um, Cape Gunworks. But yeah, anyway, whichever way we can, we'll help you out. Um, Andrew has a very serious question. Can you recommend any Second Amendment lawyers? And yes, one that is a very regular contributor of our show, uh, Keith Langer, uh, is a great 2A lawyer here in Massachusetts. So I would re reach out to him. We'll put his number in the chat and uh, we'll help you with that. Um, I always tell him, I hope I never need you, Keith, but if I do, uh, I will make sure I give you a call. So <laughs> um, there you go. Uh, and you could also join the U.S. Law Shield, which is a really great way to get any type of legal question answered. Um, it's $10.95 a month if you text um, CGWMA to uh, 281-603-0066. You'll get a special offer from Cape Gunworks and uh, get an extra month free. And then you can contact a lawyer for any legal question. Plus, you get unbelievable legal protection if you ever needed to use a gun or any weapon of convenience in a defensive action to protect you or somebody you love. Um, they will be at your side and you'll have a phone number in your wallet on who to call. So there you go. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, Cape Dog is saying, what my, what's my favorite lever action caliber? Um, that's a good question. In theory, I like 44 mag or 45 Colt because of the original intent of the cartridge, you know, like the cowboy round. But in practicality, I think I like 357-38 for the convenience and less recoil and cost to shoot it. But I will say, with a big asterisk, one of the most fun days I had as an early gun owner was when I bought a lever action 22 and went down to the range and set up a bunch of cans and I tell you, I was kind of like, ah, I wonder if I should have bought this gun. It's wow, not, you dirty it's not, it's not as cool as some of the other guns I could have got. Like, you know, and I tell you one thing, I just had a ball that day shooting reactive targets with a 22 and a lever action. Had a wonderful time. It was, it was pretty awesome. So yeah, it was, it was, you know, I can't recommend it enough. So 
a close second to the 38 357 would be a 22 in practical practical use great gun to take someone new shooting so this is the end of the first hour and unless you're listening on wcrn that means we won't you won't hear my voice any longer until next week so you can always join us online at capegunworks.com for the second hour so it's ending here but we go on for another hour every week and click on rapid fire uh, when you go to capegunworks.com you can join us ask questions get some bonus featured video uh etc etc extra content freedom's on the right side of history i'm toby leary and we will be right back or we'll see you next time this is rapid fire May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. self-defense sponsored by vortex optics make sure you tune in at capegunworks.com and click on the rapid fire icon to join the conversation and let your voice be heard we'll answer your questions we're going to do a lot of in the second hour Uh, remember to like us on all of our social media platforms uh, youtube twitter all the usual suspects and defeat the evil big tech algorithm by liking subscribing sharing and commenting on our pages I really hope that you'll find some good content there. We do all kinds of fun stuff, gun reviews, sales, specials, etc., etc. And uh, Getter shut us down again. So we got to figure out what's going on with Getter. We thought they were going to be the savior of social media, and they're turning out to have laid an egg on us again. So anyway, we'll we'll see what happens there. But... Um, like I promised, we're going to get to some of your questions here. Um, Matt's wondering, 
when will the Hellcat actually be available for purchase here in Massachusetts? Um, as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Gun Control Advisory Board has preliminarily approved a number of weapons for sale in Massachusetts. I want to thank them for their uh, faith and trust in us, the residents of Massachusetts, and have deemed it okay for us to be able to purchase another 12 weapons that are on the approved weapons roster. But actually, it's not 12. It's more like seven because... Well, it's eight because four of them are Glocks. So those four Glocks we know you can't buy unless you're a law enforcement officer with powers of arrest. But the rest of them, I'm going to run down real quick. The Mossberg MC2 subcompact, uh, the Glock 22 Gen 5, Glock 23 Gen 5, Glock 27 Gen 5, and Glock 44, the 22 cal, which I would love to be able to sell in the state. Um has also been added to the roster. So if you're a cop and you want to get one, you're more than welcome to get one. Give us a call. Um, and then two new guns from Century Arms, the Canic Meta SFX and Meta SFT are on the list. So that's good. And then we got two Springfield Hellcat models, which I'm really excited about. One is cut for red dot optic and one is not. Um, so those are the two Mass OK 9 mil. And this is basically Springfield's answer to the SIG 365. Um, it's a 10-round subcompact uh, EDC size gun, easy to conceal, easy to carry around. Two more Springfield Armory mil-spec pistols were added, and the Springfield XDS with the red dot optic. So that's, um, you know, uh, obviously had to go for a round of testing in order to be, uh, in order to be approved. Then, I think oh, even my. more exciting is the formal target shooting roster, the CZ-75. Yay! CZ has broke nice. through and made it onto a roster in Massachusetts. The CZ-TS-2, it stands for Target Sport or Tactical Sport 2. Uh, the CZ Checkmate, which if I was going to do any type of action pistol shooting tomorrow, I would seriously look at the Checkmate. It's a pretty cool gun. Um, the CZ P10F competition ready and a sleeper that made it on the list that's going to be awesome is the Taurus TX22 competition SCR. So all of these were preliminarily approved by the Gun Control Advisory Board. So that means we're just waiting for EOPS to get off its buttocks and update the roster. So once, news. once the roster is updated, we'll be able to sell these and you'll be able to take them home. All that being said, we're taking special orders now for any of the guns on this list. Some of them we have in stock, so you can go ahead and call us if you want to reserve one today. Just tell us which one you want and we'll get it, get it done. So hopefully that answers your question. That was the long-winded answer. But um, let's see. Um, yeah, that is what I do. I give long-winded answers, and I apologize. I try to, I try to keep it short, but it never works. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Scooter wants to know if he has an AR lower. Can he sell it to someone, even though it's never been registered in a private sale? And the answer to that is yes. And 
The interesting thing is because it's not a firearm in Massachusetts, as long as that person is legally able to own it federally um, and they are licensed in this state, you can sell them a gun. I mean, you can sell them that lower. And then it can get it. It can only be registered once it's manufactured into a weapon and it goes bang. So um, we have an emailer saying, with the ongoing ammunition challenges, can I talk about the pro and con of different casings, steel, aluminum, bimetal, brass, and jackets, full metal, copper, synthetic, and different caliber pistols, ejectors need to clean, etc. Anything to avoid for common handgun calibers. The only thing that I've heard that really doesn't work good together is the ARX ammo, which is made by Polycase. Uh, now it's distributed by Norma or RUAG. Um, it was originally Polycase ammo, but um, it's a special polymer bullet head that's like this copper polymer uh, in this special bullet head design. So it's a really lightweight round that's traveling very fast and it's a good defensive ammo. It's also frangible and non-toxic, which is kind of cool. You can shoot steel with it really close range. But I've heard that doesn't function well in a the 380 version in a I'm sorry, a Glock 42. So that's the only feedback I have like off the top of my head of ammo gun combo that I would avoid. If you have 380 ammo in that ARX it functions flawlessly and fine in most calibers. I mean, most other 380 pistols, but I know in the Glock 42, it doesn't run so well. Um, I would experiment personally on the range before I would dedicate myself to carrying anything. So um, make sure you run a couple hundred rounds of whatever your carry ammo is through your everyday carry gun and make sure it functions well. Then you get to the target shooting side or the practice or the range ammo side. I think experiment with it. Try some steel case stuff. Try some aluminum case stuff. Try some uh, brass stuff, full metal jacket. Try the uh, frangible non-toxic stuff. Just run it through and it also can create, if you do get some jams or misfires, it can create a teaching moment or a learning moment where you can learn how to you know, manipulate the gun and, and clear a malfunction and uh, how to do that best. So I, I advocate trying a whole bunch of ammos out. Eventually you'll find one your gun really likes to shoot. One of the ammos that we have had literally millions of rounds go through downrange at our facility is uh, Cellier and Belly. Uh, I don't think we've had any other ammo as prevalent as that be sh being shot on our range. And it seems to be uh, rock star ammo for training. It just runs really well. We sell it here at the shop. So um, hopefully that helps answer that question. And, uh, you know, but I would say there's nothing really to steer clear from unless your pistol isn't plus B rated, steer clear from that. But uh, make sure you guys check out the upcoming schedule on kgunworks.com slash private. If you want to take a one-on-one -on -one lesson tailored to you, we have lessons for pistol, rifle, and shotgun. And you can also test out a whole bunch of different guns. That is a class that's tailored to you, one-on-one -on -one instruction. All right, more after this. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary.
If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1 MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16 MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low light shooting, and because the reticle is glass etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target up to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC3. Hey, Toby Leary here from Cape Gunworks, excited about the change in season. One thing that hasn't changed is the commitment to our customers. Come in, meet our friendly staff, take a class, and get your gun license. We have a 15-lane indoor range, a huge pro shop with tons of guns, ammo, archery, and accessories. Shop at capegunworks.com or tune in to Rapid Fire, our talk show about all things guns, the Second Amendment, and self-defense. Go to capegunworks.com and give us a shot. Everybody, welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and thank you for joining us for the second hour of Rapid Fire. We're going to jump right back into your questions here. Um, and that was a great question from Mike before the break on ammo and calibers and whatnot. One thing that I will say as a follow-up to that is we were talking about it today on the sales floor, and diversifying caliber isn't a bad idea. So having a gun that you know, is your EDC and whatever caliber you like and want to shoot. But if things get hard, having an alternative, maybe your favorite caliber is 40 S&W or 45 or 9mm or 380. There was a long stretch there where we couldn't get 380, a long stretch where 9mm sold like hotcakes and a long stretch where we couldn't even get 45. So having some diversity for whatever's in stock at the time will help you continue to train and practice with the ammo that uh, for the gun that you're carrying at that time so diversify 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 so that's all i can say um one of the cool ways of doing that and i had this period of my life where i had three guns and i was trying to figure out which one i wanted to carry and they were all three very very different guns i had a car k40 which was a all-metal pistol and 40 caliber which for a 40 I shot very well and I'm not a huge fan of 40 uh, because of the snappiness of it but I think the little bit of extra weight on that gun with the steel frame helped keep and manage recoil and so but you're limited to ca uh, capacity I think it only held six rounds and so I carried that for a little while because I shot it really well. I love the car triggers and the barrels. It's very accurate. And I shot that gun well. 
and I hadn't really gone over to the nine millimeter yet. The other gun I was carrying at the time, which is nothing like the car K40, is the uh, FN uh, 5.7 pistol, which is a ginormous polymer space age looking pistol that is awesome. It's fun to shoot, super low recoil. If you're in a free state, you get a 20 round magazine. <laughs> it's amazing. You almost got to use a whole box of ammo to fill the mag. And it is super light uh, recoil. And I was ringing steel with this gun in a class once at 100 yards out of a pistol. So it's it's pretty accurate even at distance. And um, it, it's just a little bit on the larger side for, you know, everyday carry. But in a 3 o'clock outside the waistband holster, which is what I was carrying it at the time as my quote-unquote winter carry, it worked out well. That gun also did time in the biometric quick access safe with a Surefire X300 flashlight as a home defense gun. So in either case, it was a really cool gun. But there's an example of diversifying uh, calibers. Uh, one was a 40, one was a 5.7, which tends to go missing every time there's some sort of, you know, catastrophic event out there or uh, buying frenzy or hoarding of ammo. 5.7 dries up quicker than anything I've ever seen. But if that was my only, um, you know, defensive pistol, I would have been up the creek and not been able to practice. One thing I really recommend is, you know, having a decent reserve of ammo on hand so that if things do get tight, you can still shoot your gun on a regular basis. And the natural tendency is when ammo does tend to dry up, is people clam up and they stop shooting. They're like, oh, I'm not going to shoot now. Gun ammo's approaching a buck around. And I get it, but remember, this is life and death stuff. It's a it's a uh, way of life, and shooting is a perishable skill. So I always recommend you front load your training and get a lot of reps up front, but then ma maintain it. Um, we talk about it in the construction world. I did construction for years, and... Uh, you know, like when you do a new countertop, like a butcher block countertop would talk about maintenance uh, of that, would say oil it uh, once a day for a week, then you oil it once a week for a month, and then you oil it once a month for a year. And then after that, you got to oil it once a year. And the same can be said for firearms training, like really get a lot of training in up front, take a few classes in a row. And then, you know, come to the range and shoot on your own and do what you learned in class. Do that for a few weeks straight, you know, every day for a few weeks if you can. Then after a while, you can do that for like a week out of a month, you know, or, you know, a few days out of a month. And then after that, you can do, you know, once a month for a year, you know. And then after that, you do it a couple times a year just to stay fresh. But I've always maintained that you want to take a class every once in a while and, uh, and that would be great. Whoa, look at that. Somebody just brought in a really cool gun to my office here in the studio. One of the one of the latest additions to the Cape Gunworks uh, NFA uh, locker is, what do we got here, Brendan? Brendan's going to tell us a, a little bit about this. Well, Toby, we just finished this discrete project, and it is fully registered with the NFA. Documentation has been sent in. This is a manufacturer by Downrange Cape Gunworks. It is basically a Russian PPSH-41, which Ooh. fires 7.62 by 25 Tokarev ammo. 
and it is amazing. Comrade General would be proud. Uh, so how did it shoot? You got to test fire that puppy? We test fired it, and we didn't have one malfunction. It, it shoots the 71-round drums like a top. It shoots the stick mags, which holds about 35 rounds like a top. It just eats anything, and our 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 manager of procurement is ordering more ammo for us because nice. we're running low. <laughs> I, yeah, it goes quick. It looks like a hungry animal, but it is kind of like one of those uh, – Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome rewelds. We we got a kit and we rewelded it all together and it looks pretty uh industrial looking and that's calling it uh normal. I mean that's being nice, but if you want to show it to the camera over yeah, here, I'll show it to we, the we, we will clean up we'll the wells a little bit. Kicked off uh YouTube here and whatever else we're on, but um there it is. We're gonna clean up some of these welds and it is a uh the Russian PPSH or the Polish, I think it was, right? Was it no, it was a Russian version? Yeah. Cool. And uh, we got it all serialized and engraved, and we're going to have to – I'm going to have to go – Select fire. Test fire. Semi, full. It's smooth shooting, too. It's really controllable. Very cool. Very cool. So, so we'll do a video on that. Russ is going to do a, a piece on that with this old gun, too, oh, so stay awesome. tuned for that. Nice. Awesome. Well, thank you for bringing that in and sharing it with us. Uh, there will be more of that when, when we <laughs> – coming soon, right? All right. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we still play with some of the quote-unquote machine guns. And, uh, you know, thanks to the Hughes Amendment since May of 1986, the rest of the country can no longer participate in newly manufactured machine guns. So I got to say, you know, some of the uh, – he threw me off course, but uh, – some of the worst gun control legislation has come from people who were pro-gun. And there you have it. Um, but as a Type 7 SOT, we can manufacture and maintain uh, machine guns, and we do. And they're fun for the historic value, and every once in a while we shoot them. And, uh, yeah, so we have some fun with it. But, all right, let's get back to your questions. Uh, Let's see. Uh, P.S. says there's another radio program in New England, and it's called Handgun Radio from Maine, but you can't talk or live chat with them like we can with you. So, okay, cool. So I guess there is another. I'll have to stop making the claim that we're the only radio show in New England. Even though I've never heard of it, I'll look them up and I'll check them out, and maybe they broadcast up in Maine. So uh, there's a new sheriff in town. No, I'm just kidding. The more the merrier. I'd like to see a lot more people talking guns. And, uh, yeah, that would be good. Uh, LARP is saying, I know people say carrying OEM mags for EDC is best. As a mass resident and someone who has an FFL uh, block mags, I cannot help but feel like they are no longer OEM and thus not comparable. I would say that the 10-round OEM mag is probably better than a 10-round pinned OEM mag. But... There's really no changing of components in a pinned mag. There's usually just some sort of mag block restriction and pinning the mag so it can't be disassembled and, you know, taken apart. But so I would just say you still got an OEM mag if it's pinned to 10 rounds. Um, but I would probably use the 10 round one in the gun and use the pinned ones as Mac backup ones. So there, I, I don't believe there's many manufacturers if any that aren't making a 10 round mag 
And even if they're not, there's probably an aftermarket one. And then you do run the risk of saying, okay, but it's not OEM. However, believe it or not, there's companies out there that make magazines for manufacturers. So even OEM ones might not be made by the original manufacturer of the gun. They might be outsourcing that part. So there you go. Um, is the Tavor X95 legal in mass without a fixed mag? And if so, can it be ordered in white? Uh, you must have been watching Hunger Games because I saw a bunch of those white guns. They had the FNs and I think they had the X95s uh, or the, you know, maybe they were the original Tavors. But yeah, they were white. And I was like, hey, I know those guns. Those are cool. Um, I don't think it can be ordered from the factory in white to my knowledge, but we could always get it Cerakoted for you if you wanted. Uh, that's easy enough to do. And yes, it's legal in mass without a fixed mag, so long as there's no uh, evil flash hider or threaded barrel on it. So as long as there's a muzzle brake pinned and welded, you're good to go here in the People's Republic of Afghanistan. So yeah, there you go. Um, and Duncan was wondering the title of Eric Pratt's book, um, could I post the book name again? He was multitasking. And it's called Firing Back by Eric Pratt. And it's how to make good uh, ambassadors for the Second Amendment. Arm, you, arm yourself with some good uh, stuff. And how to interact with people who may or may not know how to even talk guns or anything about guns. And think that they're all bad. All guns bad. But if you have a reasonable discussion with them. And you're not just trying to beat them over the head with a club you could actually turn turn them, or even better, take them shooting and show them how shooting is fun and good. So if you travel or wanna get a license to carry in multiple states, check out our Utah 36 state concealed carry class. You get everything you need to apply for the Utah license at the end of the class. Go to capegunworks.com and click on the class link and book the class today. All right, we will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Lee. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong. And Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months. So it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. 
May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. This is Toby Leary, your host. Join us every week for the, I'm not going to say the only, but one of the radio shows dedicated to all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. We're going to get right back to your questions because they're coming in fast and furious. And I want to make sure, no pun intended, by the way, I want to make sure we get to as many as we can. MacMan says... Uh, Roy, nice to have you back. I hope all is well. Random question. I have a few hours on mass knife laws, and I learned mass residents can only carry folding knives, Swiss Army knives, and kitchen knives. If a mass resident has an LTC, does that overcome these crazy laws? I carried a small fixed blade for years, but switching to folding knife to be legal. Uh, unfortunately, not. A, uh, I didn't know you couldn't carry a fixed blade knife. That's news to me, but uh, the license to carry has nothing to do with knives. So you're kind of, you know, it's amazing to me that you can carry a gun. Yeah, you can carry a fixed blade, but you can't carry it like a switchblade or an automatic or whatever. And that's to me is just unbelievable. The ultimate of insults. And I hope that the Supreme Court someday will step in and rule on this because like they did with uh, the stun gun thing. Um, because it's a violation of our Second Amendment um, to say that automatic or, you know, auto opening knives are illegal. It's like, that's ridiculous. I can carry a gun, but I can't carry a knife that automatically opens with a push of a button. Give me a break. Give me a break. Yeah. Um, Rob wants to know if the Tavora X95 accepts pre-ban AR mags. And yes, it does. Uh, Richard's wondering if the Smith & Wesson's CSX was sent for testing. Um, I have no idea. And I got one of those guns. I'm going to do a review on it and shoot it. Until then, I'm going to reserve my judgment on it. Um, I found it funny that that was one of the guns that they launched. But it's kind of getting away from the M&P line and back to more of a classic firearm design. Um, but bringing it into the 21st century. So it's interesting. But... Um, Davey says he can't wait for that lawsuit to abolish our unconstitutional gun roster. And I can't agree with you more. Um, it is long overdue and I would love to see the mass approved weapons roster be declared unconstitutional because it is, it severely restricts what gun we can own in Massachusetts, not own, but buy in Massachusetts and therefore own. Uh, because if you can't buy it, you can't own it. 
uh, without really digging deep and trying to pay a premium and whatever. That FN57 pistol that I was talking about, I actually bought that before I became an FFL. And because it wasn't on the approved weapons roster at the time, uh, somebody either moved into the state with it or whatever. And I bought that used for 2400 bucks. <laughs> it was, you know, unobtainium at the time. Now we sell them brand new for, I think, 1100 bucks. But at the time, it was, you couldn't get it. So I had to pay the price. And, you know, whatever, I carried it for a while. And uh, I think it's actually the range gun here now. I switched it out to a black slide, so it's all black. But it was a flat, flat dark earth slide on it. And uh, they came out with the Gen 2 model, which is better anyway. So there it is. Um, let's see. So, yeah, support Firearms Policy Coalition and their lawsuit here in Massachusetts to make that go away. That would be awesome. Uh, let's see. KJ says he's lucky enough to have purchased a non-manual safety Hellcat in another state where you have a residence. Very nice pistol, and I'm assuming the mass-approved model has the safety. That's what I was assuming too, but guess what? It's the non-mass. It's the non-manual safety version. So I can't figure anything out anymore um, based on the model numbers that they approved, which are. Uh, I'll give you the model number right now. It's the. Uh, HC9319BOSPLC. When you Google that, it comes up as the uh, non-thumb safety version of the Springfield Hellcat. And uh, that is the one that's got the, it's called the OSP, which is the optics ready one. So yeah, go figure. It's just unbelievable to me that uh, whenever you think of, you know, what's coming down the pipe, and you think wrong sometimes, but the HC9319BOSPLC is the one that got tested and approved for mass. And guess who has a huge inventory of them? Yes, that's right. Yours truly. So give us a call and we'll, we'll take care of you uh, on that. But um, all right, let's see. Uh, Matt says he currently lives in Plymouth and he's going to be moving soon uh, in-state. Is there any anti- Two A towns in the South Shore to avoid. Um, that's a good question. Uh, I know there's some that require live fire versus um, non-live fire, but if you already have your license and you're just renewing, then I wouldn't worry about it too too much. Um, you'll probably be fine on any renewal. And I don't know of any South Shore towns that are restricting license to carry per se. Um, you know, right off the rip. So I wouldn't worry too, too much about that. I know that anything in the Boston suburbs, um, like Brookline and, you know, those suburbs of Boston all have serious uh, restrictions on license to carry. And they say you're not going to get it for any lawful purpose. So um, Max also wondering if a mass resident can carry a gun on the competition roster legally. Mac, you can carry any gun you legally own as long as it doesn't violate the assault weapons ban. So in other words, or the high capacity magazine ban. So I don't care if you have a, you know, a Taurus or a high point or a Glock or a, you know, whatever gun you got, however you got it, and you legally own it, you can carry that gun. 
That mass-approved weapons roster has nothing to do with what gun you can carry or what gun you can legally own in this state. Nothing to do with it. All it has to do with is restricting the licensed gun shop from being able to sell it to you in the first place. But if there, there's guns that are off-roster guns floating around in the state, if someone wants to do a private sale to you and you're both you know, uh, licensed in this state, you can do a face-to-face -face transfer. You jump on the EFA-10 gun transaction portal. You can do a face-to-face -face transfer, and you can carry that gun, even though it's not on the roster. It doesn't matter. So absolutely, you can carry whatever gun you want that's not um, a violation of the assault weapons ban or in violation of the capacity if it's a post-ban magazine. And Never Over says, thank you for all that you do. We love you. All right. That makes me warm and fuzzy inside. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. And Bob says, after all the years of different guns, I settled on a Glock 9 mil uh, for a battery of arms. So if the you-know-what-hits-the-fan situation happens, uh, his daughter can swap mags, whether it's a G17 or G19. A lot of people do, you know, like the compatibility of magazines a lot of husbands and wives will carry the same gun for that reason and there's a lot to be said for that you know if your buddy has the same magazine as you and you guys get pinned down in a food court of a mall and you're running low and he's got a backup mag you could throw it in your gun that's really why police departments all carry the same gun uh, for that reason so is that scenario likely to happen probably not could it happen possibly i guess it's somewhere on the plausibility principle spectrum but i think there's more important things like reloading your own gun that would you know precipitate that type of thought process but i'm glad you guys are thinking that far in advance of you know possible scenarios and um you know there's a lot to be said in self-defense world for uh role play and for mind um, thinking things through in your mind and scenario-based training in the mind uh, without having to spend a lot of money to go on certain, you know, type of classes, which obviously should take place if you've checked all the boxes on what is most likely to happen, um, which is, you know, single attacker from 9 to 21 feet is like 95% of all defensive shootings. Um, so once you get really good at that, go on and do, uh, you know, some of the other stuff on the plausibility principle. Um, there you go. And Vineyard saying he had a PPSH-41 and a PPSH-43 back in the 80s. You bought each of them for 300 bucks, but then you had to pay the $200 transfer tax on each. Isn't that ironic? Like the gun cost 200 bucks, but you had to pay, uh, the gun cost 300 bucks, but you had to pay $200 to the government in order to own that gun, even before the Hughes Amendment was repealed uh, or enacted, I should say. Uh, so back in the early 30s, the NFA branch of the ATF, you know, with um, the federal government came up with this tax on firearms. They were like, you know, Al Capone's running around with Tommy guns. So they figured they would make it punitive to own a Tommy gun. So they would charge you a $200 tax. And in the 30s, that was quite a bit of money. But if you're Al Capone, it wasn't that much money. Uh, but to the everyday average citizen, it basically and effectively banned private ownership of machine guns, silencers, short-barreled rifles, and short-barreled shotguns. 
because the $200 tax was equivalent to $7,000. So it wasn't until the late 80s, early 90s that, you know, the everyday average person would say, you know what, for 200 bucks, I'll, I'll get a, a suppressor or I'll get a short-barreled shotgun or a short-barreled rifle. Uh, in prior to 1986, you still had to pay the $200 to get a, uh, a machine gun, which if you buy a transferable machine gun, you can still buy them, believe it or not. Um, but the inventory is limited to whatever was manufactured and registered prior to May of 1986. So with those guns being out there, you can imagine what supply and demand has done to the machine gun market. Like an HK MP5, which we were just talking about earlier, the SP89 semi-auto version of that gun is was originally uh, 1800 bucks. You know, you could have got them for a good deal once upon a time for 15, 1600 bucks. Uh, and PS even says he bought one for 900 bucks in like the 80s. So, you know, they were out there. And you could actually buy like a Volmer MP5 out of Shotgun News for 1500 bucks. Then all of a sudden, that Hughes Act or Hughes Amendment passed. And then we ended up with guess what they're worth now? Like thirty to forty thousand uh, dollars to get a transferable machine gun. So it's still cost prohibitive for the everyday average person. But um, prior to nineteen eighty six, you could get them for three hundred bucks. You'd still have to pay the two hundred dollar ta tax, but at least it was you know you could partake in your birthright as an American citizen and your uh, you know right Second Amendment was less infringed. Uh, than it is now. So there you have it. Uh, <laughs> and Bob's saying because of that PPSH that he's saying, be careful, we don't get accused of being a Russian agent. They love to accuse everybody of how Russia is behind everything. They were even saying Russia was behind the truck, the Freedom Convoy up in Vancouver. So it's crazy to think of that. But anyway, uh, if you want to take an archery lesson, they're back. Dylan is in the house. Check out the calendar and schedule a one-on-one -on -one archery lesson. He's our archery guru. Go to capegunworks.com and click on the class link to book one today. And he was my next contestant on Toby Takes on the World. So you'll have to stay tuned after the broadcast for that. All right, we'll be right back. This is Toby Leary. You're listening to Rapid Fire. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Hey, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. These days you need to be able to protect your family and yourself. At Cape Gunworks, we have self-defense training and frequent firearm certification classes. 
Cape Gunworks has a modern indoor range and a huge pro shop so you can get properly equipped. Get your gun license and the training you need to keep you and your loved ones safe. Go to capegunworks.com to sign up for classes, shop online, or tune into Rapid Fire. Cape Gunworks, there has never been a better time to give us a shot. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. This is Toby, your host, and join us every week for the only, maybe the only, radio show around that's all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. We're going to jump right back into your questions because they're coming in uh, fast, and I want to get to as many as we can. Um, let's see. Uh, when will Massachusetts legalize suppressors, Aiden wants to know. And I think um, that would take a Supreme Court ruling as well. I joked about it once upon a time when I was at SHOT Show and I saw this awesome uh, gun. I talked about it a week or two ago as well. That was called the uh, 612 and it was a rotating cylinder uh, 12 gauge shotgun that was outfitted with the uh, Silencer Co. 12 gauge uh, suppressor. And it was a short-barreled shotgun. So it was a short-barreled 12-gauge shotgun with a suppressor and a rotating cylinder. And I said, if we ever brought this to Massachusetts, they would bring back the death penalty. I promise you that would be the shoe-in way to bring back the death penalty is have uh, somebody ha get caught with one of those in Massachusetts. But anyway, um, I really hope that enough... Uh, enough politicians will see the merit of wanting people to be able to preserve their hearing and make a shooting experience that much more pleasurable, especially for new shooters and young shooters and old shooters alike. Uh, shooting with suppressors makes a big difference. And um, you pay a $200 tax to the NFA branch of the government in order to buy them. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not like they're not highly regulated. And we're only one of eight states that cannot own suppressors so hopefully we'll see them come back at some point there was a hearing act um gun owners hearing act like before congress a few years ago and then i think it was uh wasn't sandy hook but it might have been parkland or something like that and there wasn't a politician in massachusetts that had any uh any at all interest in promoting that on the floor of the house so unfortunately that's Why? where it sits that's where it sits. Um, and P.S. says he can't wait to see this old gun with Russell with that PPSH. That would be cool. I can't wait to see it either. Um, why aren't there more classes for teenagers to learn weapon discipline, gun safety, and target shooting? I'm trying to get my daughter into a program. Do we offer classes? Uh, we do. Uh, never over. We do it um, as a private lesson. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have too many youth-only classes. We have done them in the past. We've done a couple youth-only, like 22 rifles or intro to shooting classes. They're very difficult to schedule because of all the different things going on in kids' worlds these days. But I would recommend you just do a private lesson with Glenn or Brenna and um, or Nicole or one of the other instructors, and we'll get you squared away and uh, get your daughter into a great, place and you know of respect for guns and knowledge on how to safely and efficiently operate them my daughter's 12 years old and i just took her you know kind of hands-on 
But when she started to show interest in competitive shooting, I got her a private coach to come in once a week and teach her. Uh, you know, sometimes kids listen better to other people than their parents. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, I, I got um, a well-accomplished, highly accomplished uh, shooter who used to do it and earn her living at it uh, to come in and teach Esther on uh, one day a week so we might fire that back up as as well so um, but you never know um, but I'd love to see some youth classes as well that it's one way to expand the second amendment and preserve it for years to come but take kids shooting that's what I recommend all my kids shot at a very young age and a very safe and controlled way all right if you don't have your gun license we have regularly scheduled LTC classes including ladies only classes and a recently added couples class for february 12th so you'll have to sign up today it's coming quick and soon and it'll be fun it's a couples class and the family that shoots together stays together take it from me all right we'll be right back this is toby leary you're listening to rapid fire Since 1949, family owned and operated, legendary performance, this is Hornady. Federal delivers a knockout punch with the leading defensive ammo on the market. Federal punch hollow points are accurate and reliable in all defensive situations. When you need reliability designed to provide a balanced mix of effective penetration and expansion, you need punch defensive ammunition from Federal, the leader in nickel-plated brass ammo with a sealed primer to deliver reliable feeding and ignition. Get Federal punch defensive hollow point ammunition here at Cape Gunworks. Snap safe. Featuring a pry-resistant 316-inch solid steel door, 2300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back. This is the radio show that talks all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. We're plowing through your questions in rapid-fire fashion. Um, Matt wants to know if I know of any good mag extensions for the 509C tactical. And unfortunately, I do not. But I wonder if uh, Taryn Tactical uh, makes them... I would assume they do, but uh, I'm going to look it up while we're chatting. Um, you could look on Taryn Butler's website. 
Um, I don't know what they offer or not, but we get a lot of Terran tactical stuff through um, distribution. But I don't know if they make anything for the uh, FN 509. There's other companies out there that do make uh, accessories for 509. Um, I think that uh, Strike Industries might. And if not, um, they do make an extended mag, though. You could always get the regular 509 mag, and it'll work in the 509 compact. So that's a good way to go. You can just let it stick down. Just get the bigger mag. So... You know, you get the full-size mag and stick it in there. It's still only going to hold 10 rounds. If you're uh, law enforcement, we'll sell you the high-cap high version. And then nice. you can have a 17 or a 20-round mag in the gun because they make a 20 or 21-round mag for competition. So I know they make a base plate, but it might be made by FN or whoever. I don't know because the uh, FN 509 Edge has the extended base plate on it. So there you go. Uh, Vineyard says he still has an M3 grease gun that he bought for $300 plus the $200 tax tax in 83 and he sees them sell at auction for 20,000 plus. Yeah, that um is a, probably the going rate for those. And what's even more amazing is those things were manufactured during the war for like I think $2.50 or something like that. <laughs> the M3 grease guns, they were like a stamp piece of steel. And uh, they were cheap and cheerful, and they were used in the war. Shot forty-five. Oh my God! I've shot them a few times, and they uh, they are like a industrial machine, no doubt about it. They're a crude tool for the job, but they're they're pretty cool. So. Cortez wants to know if the Keltec Sub 2K with a threaded barrel is legal in mass, and I would say as long as that threaded barrel is pinned and welded, it is. Um, because it possesses a pistol grip and a detachable magazine, those are the two evil features that you're allowed. So if it has a threaded muzzle, sometimes we have the little thread protector. We'll pin and weld that right to the barrel. Or we, we just take it off and put a muzzle brake on and pin and weld that. Because obviously it makes more sense to have a muzzle brake on there than a thread protector. Um, in either case, you're not putting a suppressor on it. If you live in you know, have residency in a state as well that does does allow you to own suppressors, then I would recommend get a muzzle brake that will attach a whatever specific brand of uh, suppressor you could buy. So in other words, I'd buy like a Gemtech uh, mount for the can, the Gemtech can. There's like a two lug quick mount uh, for the Gemtech suppressors. And I would pin and weld that on there if I was going to be able to have suppressors so that I could take the gun back and forth. You obviously can't take the suppressor back and forth, but you get the benefit of a muzzle brake on there that will you can attach a suppressor to. And there's other brands as well, like Lantac makes one. Um, I know uh, there's a couple other companies out there that make them, Silencer Co., et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'd do. Um, if I know of anyone who's selling a Ruger Charger, I'm a buyer. Don't get why it's not on the mass-approved weapons roster. So, Bob, that Charger would violate the assault weapons ban. That's why. Um, it's not going to be able to be on the uh, the approved weapons roster as a pistol because it'll be over 49 ounces, capable of accepting a detachable magazine, has a pistol grip, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's all... 
that kind of stuff that makes it violate the assault weapons ban, which really stinks. I don't know if the fact that uh, Healy's edict basically gives any 22 a free pass from being considered an assault weapon. I forget the wording on her frequently asked page questions page, um, but there was some terminology about how 22s aren't considered assault weapons, but um, I think it's since changed the wording a little bit to leave the door open for that, so I don't know. The Ruger Charger is a cool gun, though, and um, I'd love to see him on the approved weapons roster. At one point, we were really toying with the idea of how to make one lighter than 49 ounces and, uh, you know, call it the Mascanistan special or something like that, but we kind of gave up on that project once we realized how hard it would be to make it that light. So there you go. <laughs> as crazy as all that sounds. But you can get the Ruger 1022 rifle and SBR it. That's what you could do. You could pay a $200 transfer tax and SBR it. So anyway, uh, my brother and I shot some guns at my range when we were on a road trip in Mass. Our instructor was a gentleman and made us really appreciate firearms. Big ups from Glasgow, Scotland. Awesome. That's great to hear, Chris. I appreciate you coming. And I'm glad you got to put some rounds down range while you're on vacation. And uh, we enjoy a lot of the products that you guys uh, produce in Scotland as well. So there's some good product coming out of the Speyside and the Highlands and the uh, Isla and all that the parts of uh, Scotland oh, that, that are very, very good. And I'm a, I'm a fan. So <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm glad you got to come on out. Anthony says, I have a mass license to carry, but does it allow me to purchase additional weapons or just mass allowed weapons? Anthony, if it's a private sale, it can you can buy whatever gun that doesn't violate the law. And you and your friend can get together and do a face-to-face -face transfer on the mass approved, um, excuse me, on the EFA-10 weapons transaction portal. So I'll drop that link into the chat as well. Um, so it doesn't, that's the way to get guns that aren't on the approved weapons roster. Um, and again, I said it earlier in the show that any gun you can legally own, um, you can carry, uh, or that you legally obtain, you can carry and own. Uh, you're not limited to what's on the mass approved weapons roster. That's just a limit to what dealers can sell to you. So at a licensed gun shop, we're limited to what we can sell to you. So yes, the state of Massachusetts is violating your civil rights as a law-abiding, responsible gun owner in the People's Republic of Massachusetts, and it has nothing to do with keeping you safe. It has everything to do with making it harder for you to buy a gun and exercise your freedom in this state. They are violating your civil rights. It's racist. How is it racist? It's racist because gun control was originally intended to keep guns out of the certain people's hands. And we've taken it to the extreme now where we, you know, continually violate people's rights. And who suffers the most by restricting guns from everyday Americans' hands? The poor. And a lot of times, a high percentage of minorities are living in inner cities that need the guns the most to protect themselves. The rich or the wealthy that live in their gated communities generally don't live in fear 
of somebody breaking into their house or abusing them. But yet, uh, we it's easier for them to obtain a gun than those who actually need it the most, unfortunately. That's why I say gun control is racist. And if requiring an ID to vote is racist, then requiring an ID to buy a gun is racist. It's the same thing, right? All right, we could really talk a whole nother hour about that whole subject, but unfortunately we're out of time. Rapid Fire is just that. It's Rapid Fire Radio about all things guns. And if you want to hear more, you can go to capegunworks.com and click on Rapid Fire and listen to our archive. Catch up on any shows you missed. We love having you tune in every week. The show ends here, but stay tuned for a special Toby Takes on the World episode you don't want to miss. Will the streak continue? And keep up the good fight. Support your local community. Be a gun advocate. Take someone new shooting. Take a kid shooting. Get people interested. And together as Americans, we can overcome anything. I'm Toby Leary. God bless. See you next time.